0: Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we concluded our coverage of the testimony of Ronnie Crosby, and began our review of the direct examination of gunshot forensics expert Megan Fletcher. In this installment, we continue our look at Prosecutor John Metter's questioning of Ms. Fletcher. That's all coming up right after the break. It is the late afternoon of February 7th, 2023, day 10 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Prosecutor John Metters posed hypothetical questions to SLED forensics expert Megan Fletcher about how gunshot residue might spread to individuals in the vicinity of a discharging firearm. As we begin today, Matters moves on to ask the witness about her findings regarding the Murdoch case specifically.
1: Now, let's let's get to this case, uh, forensic scientist, Megan Fletcher. Did you have an occasion to examine some items for a potential uh, gunshot primer residue? Yes, sir, I did. I will try to take these in the date, chronological order of when you examine them. Okay. Follow me? I do. And
0: I'm going to show you what Mark states, 418. John Metters brings a large square box to the witness stand. Ms. Fletcher puts on blue latex gloves before opening the box. Well, why are you using gloves?
2: I use gloves um, to protect myself and to protect the evidence. I, I don't want to put any of my DNA or any of anything that might be on myself onto the evidence, and I don't want anything that might be on the evidence on me. And,
1: and, and not just gloves. In your laboratory, and I thought I asked you to bring one, but do you wear a um, lab coat
2: Uh, When we process uh, clothing, we do uh, wear lab coats, and that helps protect us from um, our regular clothes from transferring over any evidence onto, or not evidence, but any materials over onto the evidence.
1: And that's to protect the evidence, really, as much as you, isn't it? Yes, sir. Okay, so you have a lab coat and gloves before you start looking at these items.
2: Well, this also has a DNA um, request on it. Usually the requests are also on the outside of the box. So
1: this is white and gloves on when you're in the lab looking at these? Yes, okay. but because
2: it has a DNA request, we also have a mask on.
1: Okay, well, thank you for that. Okay, you have a mask in addition to that? Yes. Okay,
0: please open 418 and tell the jury what it is. Ms. Fletcher takes two large plastic evidence bags out of the box.
2: This is SLED Lab L21-09074, item 19, I recognize it with our yellow barcode sticker and this is sled lab number uh, l21-09074 item number 20 again with our yellow barcode sticker
1: and what date did you examine
2: i didn't physically examine these items uh jamie hall would have taken the particle lifts off of these items so her initials and date would be on everything, but that, um, the date that she did that would have been June 8th.
1: And when did you actually look at them?
2: She did call me in while she was processing them, but I didn't physically take chain or custody of these items.
1: And I understand that. Maybe I was jumping ahead in my mind. Did you have an occasion when Jamie Hall was processing them? You say she called you in there? She did. Okay,
2: why? I, she smelled um, something rather unusual for our evidence. Our evidence is usually... Um, pretty musky smelling and when she opened up item 19 which is the white t-shirt she did um, smell a strong odor of laundry detergent and i did confirm that with her
1: so she smelled that said hey come in here i want you to see this or whatever did you have could
2: you smell it i could smell the laundry detergent as well smelled like laundry detergent yes sir she took a sample
1: from there a lift if you will um so you were examining the lifts off the shirt correct correct and the pants. Correct. Did you also get to look at the pants that uh, day on June 8th when uh, Miss Hall looked at them?
2: I don't remember if I was in there when she processed the shorts, but I have seen pictures of that she took of the shorts.
1: Okay. And can you describe the shirt and the shorts when you saw them?
2: The shirt is a white T-shirt. There is some staining on the lower left-hand side, but relatively clean. The green cargo shorts are clean.
1: Forensic scientists, let's let's start with the shirt. Okay. Tell the jury specifically now. we got all that. Tell them specifically. What did you do when you examined the particle lifts from that shirt?
2: Uh, the particle lifts uh, were analyzed on the scanning electron microscope. And how we do that in our lab and how most laboratories throughout the world actually do it is use a software program to help us out. And that's because the particles that we're looking at are so small. If, uh, if you can imagine two football fields we're actually looking for particles the size of a pea on those, two part- on those two football fields. So we use a software that does a little bit of an automated analysis, and that automated analysis uses brightness and contrast that's associated with known particles of gunshot primer residue. And it does that automated analysis overnight for us, and in the, the next day or over the weekend, whatever it is, we come in, and then it provides us a list of candidate features it tells us what features that it thinks contain the elements lead barium and antimony as the analyst i then look at those features i relocate to, to them on the sem so i physically drive the sem back to that to the location that it saved i look at the particle make sure that it's molten in nature and then i use the energy dispersive x-ray detector To scan the particle to determine whether lead, barium, and and antimony are present.
1: And and I think Miss Hall described where she took the particle list from. Can Can did you determine were there any uh, gunshot residue? What did you find on the shirt?
2: Particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue were found. Particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue are microscopic molten particles that contain the elements of lead, barium, and antimony. And it can come from? Uh, it can come from being in the vicinity to the discharge of a firearm or being transferred from an object that has gunshot primer residue on it. No time frame can be provided as to when these particles were deposited.
1: And as far as 418 in evidence, the shirt, can you tell where the particle lifts were from like from the right sleeve, the right chest
0: side.
2: Can I refer to my notes, please?
0: Please. The witness retrieves a large black binder and refers to her notes within it as she describes the location of particle lifts from the shirt.
2: So for the white t-shirt from the particle lift that was collected from the right sleeve, right chest area, two particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue were found, and from the left sleeve, left chest area, the particle lift collected from there, one particle characteristic of gunshot primer residue was found. Particle lifts are combined into one result for a result of multiple particles.
1: What does that mean that you found two particle lifts? I mean, as far as the amount of particles you found, what does that mean in your field of expertise?
2: My opinion is that that object, this T-shirt, was either in the vicinity to the discharge of a firearm or came into contact with something that had gunshot primer residue on it. I can't tell you the likelihood which one is more likely to have happened.
1: And and that's, 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 that's your opinion, correct?
2: that's my opinion
1: now also in 418 and again these were the defendants shirts pants and clothes that uh, and shoes that we're going to get to in a minute that you're examining correct that's
2: that's my understanding yes
1: that's what the chain showed
2: uh, that's what the submission showed yes yeah.
1: submissions left. thank you hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft
0: Prosecutor Metters continues his direct examination of SLED forensics expert Megan Fletcher by asking her about a pair of pants that are in evidence. Now let's go to the uh, pants. Did you have an occasion to
1: examine a particle lift that Ms. Hall did? Yes, sir, I did. Okay, and uh, again, we may not go through this every time, but can you tell the jury what you did again when you were examining the particle list, please?
2: So the particle lifts from the shorts were analyzed the same way as the particle lifts from the shirt. The same way that we analyze every particle lift that's submitted for gunshot primer residue or collected for gunshot primer residue goes through the automated process. I go in, I confirm that there are particles present or that there aren't particles present.
1: Can can you tell me, did you locate any particles and where they were on the shorts, please?
2: Yes, sir. On the right side, right groin area, there were two particles located and confirmed. And then on the left groin area, there was one particle located and confirmed.
1: And you issued a report, and what what are your findings as a result of finding these particle lists on the shorts uh, that the submission slip said belonged to the defendant on states 418. What's your opinion?
2: Uh, Particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue were found. Uh, Again, my opinion is that that this pair of shorts were either in the vicinity to the discharge of a firearm or came in contact with something that had gunshot primer residue on it. Again, I can't tell you which is more likely, and I can't tell you when those particles were deposited.
1: So they could have come from a transfer holding a gun and then putting it on your pants? That's correct. Could have come from being in the vicinity of a shot? That's correct. Could they have come from discharging?
2: Well, the shorts themselves can't discharge, so on an inanimate object, we just say that they're in the vicinity to the discharge. That's
0: what I meant, yeah, in the vicinity. The vicinity of a discharge? Yes, sir. Obviously, they can't discharge. Metters next asks the witness about her examination of particle lifts from the defendant's body. Now, um, did you have an occasion to
1: examine the lists from Alex Murdoch's hands that were lifted by Barnado, I believe? Yes, sir. There are in evidence. Um, and you basically, after Jamie Hall says, hey, these are all done right, they then go to you, right? Uh, yes, sir. you have an occasion to uh, examine the GSR kit? I did. Hey, from Alex Murdoch? Yes, sir, I did. And did you know, you've talked about that four-hour, six-hour period. Again, was that checked? you make sure that that was collected in the time period or you wouldn't have performed your examination?
2: That's correct. Not only is it uh, checked by the person inventorying, in this case Jamie Hall, uh, before I will sign off on that inventory sheet, I also double-check the GSR information form. That GSR information form that is included in the kit is also scanned, so we retain a record of it so that I can go back and double-check that it was within the six hours.
1: Okay, so you did that. I did. All right. and as what was your, uh, did your examination conclude as far as uh, the, the uh, particle lift that was taken from the defendant, Alex Murdoch?
2: So one particle lift was collected from his right hand and one from his left hand. One particle characteristic of gunshot primer residue was found. In general, particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue are microscopic, molten particles that contain the elements lead-barium and antimony. Gunshot primer residue can come from the discharging of a firearm being in the vicinity to the discharge of a firearm or coming into contact with a surface that has gunshot primer residue on it.
1: And y'all are gonna say that uh, conclusion if it's got just a few particle lifts or a bunch of it? I'm sorry. Just what a people? general conclusion, that's what you're gonna find that there are particle lifts and it can come from one of those three ways, right? Yes, sir. Discharge, vicinity.
2: For hands, we have one of those three ways. For clothing, we only have the vicinity and the transfer. So
1: is that consistent? If, if I grabbed one of these firearms, and handed it to an officer. Would that be consistent with the, your findings? You can get it from a transfer of a firearm.
2: You could get one particle from transferring um, from a firearm. Yes.
1: Fired a firearm and washed your hands, and then grabbed the firearm and handed it to a police officer. Would that be consistent with that also?
2: Well, you still had that transfer from the firearm. Um, it didn't really matter what you did prior to that. Um, you still could have had that one particle on your hands from that transfer. Of the firearm.
1: Did you have an occasion to examine the shoes? I did. Article list from the shoes?
2: Yes, sir.
0: States 419. You still got your gloves on? Prosecutor Metters removes the large square box from the witness stand and replaces it with another evidence box. He then assists Ms. Fletcher in opening it. Inside the box, we see a pair of white sneakers. What were you provided regarding these shoes?
2: Uh, we were provided that these were the shoes collected from the uh, Richard Alexander Murdoch.
1: And did you, uh, were you able, were you able, well tell me what your examination from the particle list revealed.
2: Uh, No particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue uh, were detected. How many? None. None?
1: None. No, none. You know, think about the lab. I mean, at that point, you're examining something, you don't know anything about who's wearing what or what you're examining, do you? Or who's you're examining other than the submission slips
2: I know who it it is based on the submission sheet, which is important because it has to come from somebody who didn't um, sustain a gunshot wound. Okay,
1: and I got that. That's a bad question. Other than that, you don't know about the case or what evidence, potential evidence, right?
2: I just know that it was a priority request.
1: You don't know what shoes the the potential suspect was wearing during the day or how many shoes they were wearing, if they were even wearing shoes, do you? No, sir. So your results after finding no gunshot primer residue
0: or what on your report? Will you read it like you uh, reported it? Yes, sir. Ms. Fletcher again refers to her notes.
2: No particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue detected. The absence of primer residue on the item is consistent with but not limited to the following scenarios. The item not being in the vicinity to the discharge of a firearm, cleaning of the item, Excessive blood or debris on the item. Environmental factors, including wind and rain. The ammunition discharged—lead-free, non-toxic, or some 22-caliber rimfire ammunition—not producing particles characteristic of the conventional primer residue, or the firearm not producing primer residue on the item when discharged.
1: So, at this point, you've examined a shirt. Yes, sir. Shorts. Yes. Hands. Yes, sir. Gunshot and shoes. Yes. And the date you examined all those again was what?
2: Uh, the date that they were placed on the. The study- particle
1: list that you examined, yes.
2: Yes. The date they were placed on the scanning electron microscope was June 8th, 2021. June 8th? Uh, yes,
1: sir. And that's the same day that Jamie Hall smelled them. Smelled the shirt? Yes, sir. Same day you smelled the shirt? Yes, sir. Did you receive any other items in this investigation where you were requested to determine whether or not there was any gunshot primer residue? Yes, sir. Okay. And I want to show you now what's, I believe, um, with everybody's help, stakes number 100, seat now. You said a priority was placed on this case, right? Yes, sir. I apologize. Do you sometimes, or are have you been present when Jamie Hall was doing the particle lifts and have you actually assisted?
2: Uh, yes, sir, especially if there is an abnormal item submitted for um, analysis.
1: All right, and abnormal's got a lot of definitions, but in your world, what does that abnormal mean?
2: So typical items that we receive are obviously gunshot residue kits, but clothing items like t-shirts or hooded sweatshirts or pants or shorts or shoes, things that we can have a standard operating procedure for. uh, Those things we can say that we're going to collect from the same areas every single time. Um, Other items are not so typical and then require a little bit more analysis on them.
1: States 100, is that example of one of
0: those?
2: Yes, a seatbelt would be an abnormal item.
0: Do you know when you examine this? Prosecutor Metters holds up a car seatbelt in front of Ms. Fletcher.
2: Uh, The seatbelt was examined on September 1st, 2021. And it's brought to
1: your lab? Correct. And uh, is this what you examined?
2: Uh, Yes, sir.
1: And did you actually assist Ms. Hall in attempting to get particle lifts off this?
2: Yes, sir, I did. Okay,
1: so you were both in the room? Correct. Gloves on? Yes. Jacket on? Yes. Mask on? Yes. Okay. And can you tell these folks, uh, can you help me tell them what, what this is and where you attempted to get particle in?
2: Yes.
0: Matters hands the seatbelt to Ms. Fletcher and she describes the components of the belt as she shows each part to the jury.
2: So this is, I had to Google this because I'm not super familiar with a seat belt assembly. Uh, this is considered the buckle. Uh, this is the part that everybody sees in their vehicle, this bottom portion is what is in between the center console and the seat and not exposed um, when a person is sitting sitting in the vehicle.
1: So if I'm, if I'm driving, is this gonna be on my right side?
2: It should be on your right side, yes. Okay. And what is this? So, if we start here, the next part that everybody's familiar with is the latch plate, which goes into the buckle, and then there's an entire belt that goes into the retractor wheel. Can you and pull that, let's pull it.
1: Don't let it go. Right. Okay. Where did y'all attempt, you and Miss Hall, attempt to get part of the rest?
2: We, uh, so we stretched it out as far as it would go and we took samples, three samples from the belt, or both sides. We just divided it into three sections and took samples from those three sections.
1: And this was an abnormal item that you assisted Miss Hall with? Yes, sir. Will you please tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury the results of your examination, if any?
2: Yes, sir. One particle characteristic of gunshot primer residue is found. In general, particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue are microscopic molten particles that contain the elements lead, barium, and antimony. Gunshot primer residue can come from being in the vicinity to the discharge of a firearm or coming into contact with a surface that has gunshot primer residue on it. However, no information can be provided as to the time frame in which this particle was deposited.
1: So in common sense term, how could that get on the seatbelt? Where did you actually find the particle?
2: The particle was um, located on the particle lift uh, collected from the buckle, so that piece with the red button.
1: Just in common sense, in your expert opinion, how could uh, that particle get on that
2: buckle? Uh, It it could be from touching something that has gunshot primer residue on it uh, or possibly being in the vicinity to the discharge of a firearm.
1: So it could be a transfer.
2: It, it's probably most likely a transfer, yes, sir. It's probably
1: most likely a transfer.
2: Uh, it's just usually not exposed to the vicinity. If there isn't a gunshot out of that vehicle, then transfer is the most likely scenario.
0: It just makes
1: sense, right?
2: Yes, sir.
0: With that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we continue our review of the testimony of SLED forensics expert Megan Fletcher. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more
0: You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.